Welcome to the Her Hallelujah podcast. This week, our episode is on cultivating space for Jesus and what that looks like in our everyday lives. Join me as I have a conversation with my friend Sarah in part one of this episode conversation. Hey, I'm Melissa Leanne. I'm the founder of Her Hallelujah, author of The Heart and Soul of a Single Girl, and most of all, lover of Jesus. Welcome to my podcast, Her Hallelujah, a place where we talk about faith, dreams, and everyday life. Come on a journey with myself and other women as we walk through this life together in a posture of hallelujah. Hello, Sarah. Hi. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Me too. I'm excited to be here. Yes, it's so good. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, I love this question. There's so much I could say, but I was, oh, fun fact, born and raised in Romania, actually. Moved to Calgary 10 years ago, and I'm currently working with a ministry called University Campus Ministries, so walking through discipleship with university students in their time at university, and um, that's kind of what I'm doing full-time. That's so cool. I love it so much. That's awesome. Well, today we are talking about cultivating space for Jesus, and I know through our conversations, you've actually taken this to heart and took time in December to cultivate space for Jesus and learn this Mm. firsthand. Mm. So (laughs) let's get started. I'm excited to hear your heart and your wisdom on this topic. I'm excited to share, and and, I mean, this is such a broad and beautiful topic, and I think there's so many angles we could talk about this through, and many experiences, I know you Mm -hmm. probably have a lot of experience too with what it looks like to cultivate that space, so I'm excited to to converse about it and and see. Yeah. Yeah. So what does it mean to cultivate space for Jesus? It's a great question, and and when initially you, I was reflecting on this question, um, I I was stuck on the word cultivate, mm. and um, I looked it up because I, I think again words are important; they're very meaningful to me. But when I looked it up, I kind of came across these two definitions, which I'm gonna kind of share briefly. Um, the first kind of sense is of cultivate is to prepare and work on something, usually land, in order to raise crops. So it's kind of an agricultural term. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, yeah, it pertains to that. And then the second sense um, was to promote or improve the growth of a plant by labor and attention. And so when, when I started to think of, of this word cultivating, um, kind of it, it refers to preparing and, and using tools in order to raise crops or to foster growth of some kind and so I was kind of stuck on these two words labor and attention I think mm-hmm. when I hear the word maybe when we think of cultivating our relationship with God we think that maybe it's supposed to be this easy smooth feel-good process but that word cultivate kind of drew my attention to the fact that there's intention behind it and it actually can also be work mm-hmm. and there's a difference between work and striving I think we're not trying to earn something from God by cultivating our time with him but it still requires work and so I think kind of thinking of cultivating as as a process of of work and effort and intention but also um as um as attention so mm-hmm. kind of that piece of, of awareness so um, I kind of came with this 
you know, brief little definition that I can go off of, of what, so of what it means to cultivate space for Jesus. So to cultivate space for Jesus, I think means to grow in awareness, noticing of his presence in every area of our lives in order to experience communion or union with him, mm. which is where inner transformation happens through intentional practices that anchor us in who he is in his kingdom. And so, so good. yeah, that's kind of <clears throat> in, in reflecting on this process. I think it, it's, it's intentionality. It's creating space mm-hmm. for that awareness, um, for the awareness of his presence in our lives. And it's more than just doing devos in the morning and having yeah. quiet time, although that's important. But I think, to think of cultivating space for God in every area of our life, it, it takes a lot of intentionality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like listening to that, like that definition for me. It was like, oh, so it's not just like cultivating space within my day to like do devotions, but it's cultivating that space of union with Him mm-hmm. in my daily life and like mm-hmm. through my daily practices. Mm-hmm. For me, that was super interesting to just think about and. Mm-hmm. It kind of struck a chord with me. Because mm. sometimes I think it's easy to compartmentalize our relationship with God. And I used to do that, and I think it was a good starting point for me. And I'm not saying that setting time aside to be with God in the morning and to have consistent prayer and scripture reading practices is not important. But then, I, you know, I'd have these times when I would spend time with God in the morning, and then I'd kind of go throughout my day without necessarily praying or mm-hmm. or talking to him and then I kind of felt this void and I was excited to get back to my room and be with him and so I think I didn't understand that God actually could be a part of every area of my life mm-hmm. and the little mundane moments um and that she actually wants to not just that he can but he wants to be a part of those areas of our lives and so um I think when I understood that I kind of bri- bridged the gap between you know kind of the space that I felt of spending time with God in the morning but then I would go about my day and then feel depleted and empty and then go back to that place. But where it became Jesus, I actually want you to be a part of every area of my life, every conversation, every decision that I make. And that just made, that just opened up this new space of experiencing God and doing life with him really, which is what we're created for. And so it kind of changed the way that I think about my relationship with God, not as a moment to be pinned down to, but as a whole journey, Mm -hmm. something that encompasses all of who I am and every part of my life. And so, Mm-hmm. yeah I think it's something that I kind of learned over time that hey yeah. actually you don't have to leave Jesus in your room you never actually stop praying you never I think I heard someone say this one time that when they pray you never you never I think it's something on lines of you never say amen it just it's, it's a continuous kind of conversation yeah. every day, and I really love that that is cool yeah I was thinking about actually at youth on Friday we've been in a series about it's called uncommon mm-hmm. and what looks like to like live holy lives like set apart Mm -hmm. and we look back at the old testament where in order to be with jesus you had to go into the tent where like the altar was and like all that and there was like this whole like process you had to go to and only certain people could go in to be within the presence of jesus but like when jesus died on the cross like the veil was torn and we had like complete access to him Mm -hmm. and to think that you know, we have this opportunity and this like blessed opportunity to be with Jesus continually. And we don't actually cultivate this space mm-hmm. the way he's intended for us to do. Mm-hmm. I was like sitting and thinking about it like, wow, like if I was in Old Testament times, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't even as a woman be allowed yes. to go into that holy space. 
And so to be a woman now in New Testament, new life living, I have access to the Holy Spirit in my home, in my car, at my job, no matter what I'm doing. And that just blows my mind to like mm-hmm. think, wow, as women, we would have never had access to this back thousands of years ago. But now we do because of the sacrifice the Lord made on the cross for us mm-hmm. and the, how the veil was torn and there was freedom for relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, to me, that's just beautiful mm-hmm. to think about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, it's really a gift. And I, and, and I guess I was thinking about this idea even of cultivating. It kind of implies that it's not something that just happens to you it's something you actually grow into mm-hmm. and I think that's encouraging because that means that we actually have a choice yeah and and and, then, and so even then thinking of this why do you think it's hard to cultivate this awareness of God in every facet of our lives why I think we're so distracted we live mm-hmm. in a world of distraction yeah like we have access to media on the tips of our fingers there's streaming resources to watch tv all the time we've got life some people have families like I know my dog takes a lot of my time (laughs) and like I love him but like he's a distraction sometimes where it's like Mm. I forget to cultivate that space with Jesus but Mm. then remembering that oh wait I have access to Jesus Mm. and I've even just noticed like in my daily life recently like I now have a commute to work where I don't walk to work 30 seconds away from my house anymore. Like I have like a 15 minute drive Mm -hmm. and I've been super intentional about spending that time with Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's like intentional time cultivated to be with him. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, why am I doing it just in my car? Mm -hmm. Why can't it be in my daily life as I'm at work? Mm -hmm. Like praying for the kids in in my heart. Like I don't have to sit and physically lay my hands on them and pray for them. (laughs) I can just be at work and like praying for them. Yeah. You know, and so like even looking back at my own life, mm-hmm. how how is distraction or mm-hmm. this idea of you leave your faith outside of your work or yeah. outside of your social circles? 100%. And I'm like, wait, no, faith isn't meant to be set aside mm-hmm. for certain areas. Mm-hmm. It's not meant for church. It's not meant for just youth group. It's not just meant for church community and friends with faith, mm-hmm. but it's meant for our daily lives. Yes. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's, like, a little bit of conviction within my heart of, like, oh, I need to do better. Totally. And I I was – I think Dallas Willard, um, he's a spiritual formation author. And Mm -hmm. I took a class even this past semester on discipleship and transformation. But he talks about how even when we encourage people to take Christ into their workplace, there's there's something that's implied there – where we don't think it's actually normal to bring mm-hmm. it into our workspace because we separate usually faith and what we do at church from kind of the tangible day-to-day life. And I think that that's been a great disservice to us as human beings. And, and you know, again, I mean, I know your podcast is very holistic, but when we talk about faith, it, it encompasses every area of our life, like it health does. and relationships and finances and that kind of a thing. And so cultivating space for Jesus is not just you know, a, a one facet, a regulated to one facet of our lives. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a holistic, every area, every space of our lives is actually gets to be invaded by the presence of God or yeah. gets to be inhabited, I should say, by the presence of God. But again, we have this separation in our minds that this is spiritual mm-hmm. over here. This is, you know, serving church, worship, leading what and whatnot. And then, you know, the day-to-day 
work, mundane interaction, yeah. going to the store, that's not spiritual. That's just regular life. And I think when the, the gap bridges between the two, that's when we realize that all of our life is spiritual. Yeah. And Jesus wants to be a part of all of that. Yeah, and I think too, like, if we take apart that, like, faith belongs in these certain circles, but we actually bring it into our work Mm -hmm. and just, like, live our lives the way we are supposed to as Christians, be the light, be the hope, and the hands and feet of Jesus in our workplace, Mm -hmm. how will our workplaces change? Mm -hmm. And how will our coworkers' lives change? Mm -hmm. Because, like, if we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be the light, and to live our lives as the gospel. Like I heard something one time, I think it was a fellow youth leader said, you might be the only gospel people ever see. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh. So yes. like my coworkers may never pick up the Bible and read about the good news of Jesus, but I, I'm the hands and feet of Jesus. I'm the gospel that they're going to read. So how am I living my life? being cultivated within that space for Jesus Mm -hmm. to be the whole part of my life. Mm -hmm. And like, is my life an example of Jesus and how will they come to faith Mm -hmm. because of how I'm living my life? Mm -hmm. Totally. And that comes to from, because I think there are two sides to this. There's the individual side where I think we're, you know, Jesus in Matthew six talks about going into your room and praying to your father in heaven who is unseen and he will reward you. So there's that, that relational intimate one-on-one space that we get to cultivate with God I think that's important but then the other side that we're missing is kind of what you're talking about where our faith actually begins to take shape in the public realm Mm -hmm. and and so but then that's possible because you know there's this cultivation with God in prayer and in service but then that doesn't stop there but it it spills on into all these areas of of life and so Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's kind of a two-sided like we cultivate the awareness of God both in private and in public mm-hmm. and you know obviously that that can look different but yeah and I think we're good as Christians to cultivate that in private yes but totally. when it comes to public I think too we're so afraid of what our people are going to think about us mm-hmm. our image and mm-hmm. just who we are like how are how are we living our lives mm-hmm. and are we living to be uncommon to be set apart holy beings Or are we, like, just blending ourselves in with the rest of the world and forgetting to cultivate that space Mm -hmm. for Jesus within our daily lives? Mm -hmm. And, like, that's such a conviction to me of, like, oh, right, this is how I'm called to live. Mm -hmm. And I am doing an injustice Mm -hmm. to myself and to the Lord because I'm not living how he's called me to live. Mm -hmm. And so I just even become more aware Mm-hmm. in my like daily life of like okay I'm not just cultivating space for Jesus in private within my home or my car but I'm allowing him into these spaces of my work and of my friends and all these other areas going to the grocery store oh totally like <laughs> I had, yeah crazy <laughs> so many of my um, stories of meeting people have been at the grocery store for me <laughs> Uh, but it's it's when I when I don't check out. I think even in a culture of busyness and tiredness, it's so easy to check out mentally and not mm-hmm. again not be present. God is everywhere, and opportunities to witness are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a matter of again being present and looking at what's in front of us and looking at people and making those connections. And so, um, yeah, I think in the, in the digital media driven 
world, it's hard to cultivate that awareness. But I think that's why this is so important in, mm-hmm. in our discipleship to Jesus. Because without that, then we're kind of left to be tossed from to and from, you know, and just being swept up in this current of distraction and yeah. comparison and hustle and performance that you know kind of our culture promotes. And so, yeah, and yeah, those opportunities, like you said, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. We just have to. To yeah. be aware. So I, I love that, you know, I, I think step number one for all of us is to become aware of the ways in which maybe we still live in this gap between the individual kind of our time with God and then the corporate being around people and living out our faith that way. So, yeah. Yeah. So practical ways that we can practice this, like what would you you suggest for those of us who are trying to figure this out? And I know that you you've personally taken time to practice this and I'm just like so honored by you taking the time to do that and just experience it firsthand so Mm -hmm. what are some practical ways that we can cultivate space for Jesus yeah that's a that's a good question and I should say too that I am no expert (laughs) and this has not come easy for me either especially in the past two years of going through a really painful season I think uh, sometimes you know, those things can throw us off rhythm and whatnot. So all that to say that I'm still Mm -hmm. learning how to continuously cultivate this in my life. Yeah. Um, But something, you know, that came to mind and something that I've been learning about, which I think a lot of people would be familiar with, is kind of cultivating habits and rhythms of spiritual practices and disciplines. Mm -hmm. Now, the word discipline is not, doesn't sound pleasant, especially in our culture, because it sounds like something that, you know, we must do and again it's yeah so it's something that we must do or we have to do or anything like that but I think discipline is actually it sounds less spiritual or less alluring Mm -hmm. but I think it in many ways it it actually connects us to God really deeply so when I talk about disciplines I think of practices of prayer Mm -hmm. silence and solitude sabbath scripture Mm -hmm. reading um, and then just leaving margin in our lives and I obviously could talk about each of them um, but, you know, Dallas Willard in his book, Spirit of the Disciplines, kind of talks about how the spiritual disciplines are activities of mind and body purposefully undertaken to bring our personality and total being into effective cooperation with the divine order. So he talks about how if we want to actually experience the, this companionship of Christ in our day-to-day life, that only comes through certain practices or disciplines mm. that we get to develop because our our personality and our spirit actually has to be shaped by something. And so yeah. um, when I think of that, I think, you know, practices of prayer that are essential to our lives and, and conversing with God. And prayer is so beautiful and diverse. I could talk about prayer for a long time. <laughs> but, you know, kind of learning to, to pray with words or learning to pray the Psalter or the Psalms, um, you know, praying the prayers of saints or sometimes prayer can look like listening prayer Mm -hmm. there's so many different forms of prayer um so i think for me experimenting a little bit with different practices of prayer um and and prayer was vital too to the life and ministry of jesus Mm -hmm. and he you know obviously told his disciples when you pray assuming that we will pray that's something that keeps us connected to god constantly Mm -hmm. and so you know yeah i think and then silence and solitude i think that helps retrain kind of our overstimulated mind mm-hmm. and body sometimes and and you know it kind of it's kind of countercultural to yeah. to be in complete silence and solitude 
away from the busyness of life. And so those are habits I think that are cultivated over time and that must be cultivated daily in some way. And so I think that that's kind of, those are the ways in which I think we get to actually cultivate the presence of God and yeah. to experience him, you know, and connect with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. At church, Pastor Ben has been going through a series on prayer. Mm-hmm. And yes. one thing that really stood out in one of his first parts of the series was how we're going to the Father in prayer. And for me, it just kind of like brought it down to this perspective of a conversation mm-hmm. with our Father, mm-hmm. like just sitting down mm-hmm. and having that conversation, cultivating a space for conversation with him mm-hmm. through prayer. And I, I was just blown away by that. And I was just like, wow, that's really beautiful. Like even just thinking about it now, I've got chills. Mm-hmm. And I remember a friend sharing one time how when he goes to spend time with Jesus and cultivates that space, he actually makes it a practice to like sit down at a table wow. and like he'll pour a cup of coffee or tea yeah. that will sit there for Jesus And then he'll pour himself a cup of coffee. And I'm like, that's so cool. That's like intentional conversation time. Mm -hmm. That's time cultivated within his day at the beginning of the day. Mm -hmm. And I was like blown away by that concept of like, oh. And I think to just even start cultivating these practices within our lives, Mm -hmm. starting with these simple things of just having that conversation with the Lord, Mm -hmm. just being like, hey, Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. and just having that space mm-hmm. or creating that space at a coffee table to be with Jesus or at your couch starting small I think it's a big thing because for myself like I'm a person I'll go all in and then I'll do it for like three days and then, and then yeah. I like quit because <laughs> I'm like oh I'm the worst Christian ever mm-hmm. and but it's this idea of again discipline mm-hmm. of like you need to do this mm-hmm. But there's so much grace mm-hmm. because yes. as humans, we have the ability to fail and we do regularly. So knowing that the Lord is so gracious and mm-hmm. being like, there's still time. Mm-hmm. You still have time to be with me. Mm-hmm. And whether it looks like you're doing it in the morning or you're doing it in the afternoon or the evening, depending on the time of day, what you've got going on in your schedule, you know, it starts just with that simple habits mm-hmm. too totally. which is so important and I know for like solitude for myself like I hate quiet I hate <laughs> yeah. it I can't stand oh. it my brain races yeah. and so for me even solitude just starting off with like simple instrumental worship music it can be on quietly in the background but like the complete silence for me is like it's, it's I can't do it yeah and so just like even easing yourself into that practice totally. Totally. of like going into that solitude place but just quietly have simple instrumental worship music no words yes just the instruments yes. yeah and I think to like just giving yourself that space to mm-hmm. grow in those practices One, and yeah 100 and I think even the practices they're not an end in themselves they're mm-hmm. means to an end so I think it's not about mastery or about saying look at me I'm, I'm doing all these things perfectly it's they're the reason why we engage in them with them in the first place is so that we can actually meet God in them. Yes. I think for me, that was a huge shift because like you, I definitely experienced guilt of, Oh, I didn't read my Bible today or I haven't prayed or I feel really overwhelmed. And, mm-hmm. and then I, you know, felt like I was not performing up to this, the title of a disciple or a Christian. But, but then when I kind of switched and I thought about how this is actually 
these practices are meant to keep me connected to the love of God mm-hmm. and to enable me to receive God's love so then I can pour it out onto other people. So then that kind of took the pressure off and, yeah. and it's okay. Yeah, like you said, I think everyone is at a different starting point and we, you know, maybe maybe you struggle with Thailand, but there is a different practice that you've been able to grow more into. So I, mm-hmm. I, will, I will have to say that, it, again, I think it we're all at a starting point and it and, and looks different for us. Mm-hmm. And the goal, again, is not that we master these practices, but that we learn to cultivate them and grow into them. And I think different seasons of life, too, require maybe sometimes an emphasis on different practices. Yes. Um, you know, maybe there are seasons of life where I think for me, you know, I wasn't always a silence and solitude kind of person. I really love it now, but mm-hmm. it took me years to get there. And so, you know, maybe if there's a lot going on in, in my heart, then I feel more drawn to the contemplative, you know, quiet, let's say, worship music, reflective kind of an environment uh, and something really loud and, and energetic kind of throws me off, you know? Mm-hmm. So, let, you know, sometimes there are things that are happening in our lives or in us that require that we give our attention to certain practices in a different way. Or maybe God wants to meet us in those areas in a different way, right? Mm -hmm. So, again, it's not that we need to do all the practices, you know, all the time and kind of have it be this burdensome activity. But I think even asking the Lord, what how do you want to meet me and what mm-hmm. practices will should I cultivate that will ensure that I connect with you in the way that you want to connect with me in the season yeah. of life yeah so I think it just it just depends but I, I love that you talked about kind of this ongoing conversation that we get to have with God throughout the day and actually that reminded me of um, this 17th century Catholic monk named Brother Lawrence mm. and he has a book called the practice of the presence of God, which I love that title because again, the presence of God is something we get to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that kind of goes back to the word cultivate and something that we actually do and yeah. we can participate in intentionally. But he, he was, um, a cook, I think, or worked in the kitchen of the monastery that he was at. And he has these beautiful letters and reflections about how he experiences connection and union with God day to day. So he talks about, you know, singing songs to God or just talking to him as he's washing the dishes and he's thanking him for his love. And he has these beautifully deep reflections about him encountering God while sweeping the floor or washing the dishes or doing something, you know, very mundane. He's not at church raising up his hands. There's no tequila song playing in the background. (laughs) There's no pads. You know, he's just living his day-to-day life and, and he's experiencing these beautifully rich moments with God and thanking him for his grace and and you know he says when I when I when I sin I don't beat myself up about it I confess it to God and give it to him and he gives me grace and mercy and love and and you kind of read his inner dialogue with God a little bit and it's so moving Mm -hmm. because again for him there was no separation between his time of prayer that he would have you know with his fellow um, his fellow monks or or brothers but you know, he, there was no separation between that and the times he would experience God in, in his day-to-day work. And so I think, yeah, I think that's the goal maybe of, of union with God is that mm-hmm. we actually begin to encounter him that way. But again, he never stopped that conversation with God. It was always an ongoing conversation mm-hmm. for him. And so that's where I want to be. <laughs> right. I know. I think that's so cool too. I, uh, I remember back in high school, I was at I was in Mexico on a mission trip, and one thing that we had learned 
um, was this method. It was called like the stoplight prayer. Mm. And so if you were like got to a red light, you like would pray like this certain prayer or a yellow light or a green oh. light and or stop signs or like different signs. You would like pray these certain things. And it was just like this practice of continually praying while you drive. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I have the box of them somewhere, <laughs> but I don't know where it is in all the moves of my life. But I thought that was so cool. Just even practicing even while you're driving. Mm-hmm. That just one simple way. Mm-hmm to start cultivating that space Mm -hmm. for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily distracting, Mm -hmm. but it's still that time to be with Jesus. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah, I love that. And there's so many opportunities for us, I think, throughout the day to to engage with him and talk to him. And again, it can be simple. It doesn't have to be this fancy, I don't know, you know. Yeah, it it, it can just be simple, like Mm -hmm. driving. And I used to listen to, I do listen to worship music still, but... Um, driving, I think even for me, I, I've tried to make that a space to to just talk to God mm-hmm. and, or just listen or just sit in silence, which is uncomfortable again, yes. right? I could be playing something in the background. I could listen to a podcast, which I like doing, but trying to find ways throughout my day to engage with God and to say, hey, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of, let's talk. And it, it's just as simple as that, just talking mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's, that's how our awareness grows of him over time. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes time too. Very much so. And I think too, when we start practicing that, we can even start asking the Lord, what do you want to show me? Mm-hmm. Or what do you have for others? Because we get to be so aware of his voice mm-hmm. and we, we understand what it looks like for each of us, what it hears, what it, he sounds like to each of us. Mm-hmm. And so then we have the ability to go out and be the hands and feet, be that light, mm-hmm. and speaking to other people's lives too. Mm-hmm. But that comes with time and that comes with practice. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to happen overnight. For yeah. some people, it might. Yeah. But for the vast majority of us, it's going to take discipline. It's going to take practice yeah. to hear his still small voice. Yeah, totally. I like I like what you said about asking God questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, how you do, that's how we primarily get to know somebody by asking mm-hmm. them questions. And, and I think even for me, when I've asked God questions, I've been... I, I've been surprised, maybe, and you know, endeared, humored by some of his responses too. Yeah. So I think asking God questions, specific questions, is a great practice to in learning how to hear His voice as well. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I, I love that you said this, and again, that's the word about cultivating. Again, is that it takes time, and I think sometimes we want this microwavable spirituality mm. where we do something and it comes right back to us, and so the spiritual journey is not paved with self-gratification. It takes time and the goal is to grow in depth in yes. the, with a new relationship with God. And just like any other relationship, it takes time to get to know someone. It takes effort and energy, right? And there are different levels of depth and closeness yes. and intimacy that you can go with, with any friendship or romantic relationship. And I think it's the same with God mm-hmm. that we actually can grow in depth with him, but it's not going to happen overnight, like you exactly. said. And I think that is something that I've had to learn that, I need to be patient mm. and I need to give this time and space like we talked about. Um, and Jesus, I, he wants to meet with us. He wants to be with us. That's the beautiful part. He yeah. wants to connect with us sometimes more than we want to connect <laughs> with him. So that's yeah. a good reminder that he's, he's already present. He's already waiting. And, um, and, and he's not, you know, out there trying to whip us when we haven't read our Bibles. Exactly. You know, he, just, he wants to connect with us and he wants us mm-hmm. to grow in depth with him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
and it takes time and effort and it doesn't always feel good. That's another thing about the practices yes. and spiritual disciplines. I think we also have this, sometimes we tell people that, you know, it's, you're going to feel amazing. You're going to get the goosebumps and you're going to feel the presence of God. And sometimes we do and it's amazing. Some of the most beautiful moments I've had with God have been moments where I felt his presence and I've encountered him and my, you know, you got the tears, you got the yep. snot, it's the whole thing. <laughs> you got to have the Kleenex right <laughs> oh, there. <laughs> always, always. Um, and, and those are beautiful moments, but I've also experienced a lot of, of times where I didn't feel anything. I mm-hmm. don't feel the presence of God. And that can get really discouraging and we can say, oh, am I doing something wrong? Am I not close with him? And, you know, but, but our relationship with him is so much more than And that's why with the practices, it doesn't always feel good Mm -hmm. to get up in the morning and read your Bible or to pray or to, you know, choose to sit in silence and solitude. But just because it doesn't feel good doesn't mean that something isn't happening in us, you know. And so I've I've had to learn that too, that just because this doesn't feel good, Sarah, doesn't mean it's not working. Um, And so sometimes it's a matter of just obedience and saying, God, I know this is good for me. Mm -hmm. And I know this is going to draw me closer to you. I don't feel anything. But I just trust that you're here with me. And yes. Yeah. And over time you kind of see the result and you're like, whoa, I've grown in character, I've grown in depth, I've grown in patience, I've grown to be aware of you in these moments that mm-hmm. maybe I wouldn't have been otherwise. And so yeah. Yeah. Thank you for joining my friend Sarah and I as we started this conversation on cultivating space for Jesus. I hope that you are challenged and encouraged this week. Next week, join us as we finish this conversation and we finish this series on faith. I hope and pray that this series has been encouraging and challenging to you. May your life be one that is challenged and encouraged and may you live a life of hallelujah. We'll see you next week.